Cinephiles, audiophiles, ladies and germs, welcome to the Film Cult Podcast. Tonight, a man who has been progressing the visuals of rap, hip-hop, and electronic music forward. It's one of Variety Magazine's top 10 documentary filmmakers to watch. It's Karm Gill. Karm, how are things? Good, Robert. Thank you for having me on, man. I appreciate it. Appreciate the time. Of course. Did you go to film school or did you just decide to wing it Tarantino style? <laughs> you know, I went to, uh, I went to Chapman university in orange County and, um, I actually was a business finance major and, um, halfway through long story short, I basically, um, kind of quit that and still got my degree, just a general degree and, and started pursuing film about two years in and really kind of snuck into directing classes and really tried to, to, I wasn't officially part of the program, but I, I started doing my thing and started a production company around that time. And I was touring with Warren G and Snoop Dogg during that time and kind of, um, you know, started to build, started to learn myself and, and, and kind of get my feet wet. So it wasn't really the traditional style, but I was always, I always knew this is what I wanted to do. And I kind of um, just kind of went for it. You know, it's not, yeah. That's kind of how it <laughs> well, your visual style and rhythm, it works closer to experimental film than what we would immediately think of in the realm of hip hop and rap and electronic music for that matter. What were some of your inspirations growing up? Um, just a wide range of, of different artists. I think, um, you know, I, 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 I think a lot of my inspiration comes from graphic design. I think a lot of my inspiration comes from um, interior design. A lot of my, my inspiration comes from actual filmmakers, whether it be like, you know, a Wes Anderson or a Tarantino or whatever. Um, it all kind of varies. I think there's not one specific thing that, um, one specific person that I look at, but I think I absorb a lot of different mediums, even structures like buildings and lines and art. Like there's so many things that I see that influence the way I, the, the things I create and the way I work. Well, you, you are a documentary filmmaker, and it's a little bit hard to get those lines and get those angles when you're working on a, <laughs> on, on a quick medium. you got to be quick on your feet. Do you find this to be hard, or do you find that working in the hip-hop realm, you're able to, to, I guess, manipulate it the way that you want to always get what you want visually? No, I, I think that for me, you know, with documentaries, I think it's something, you know, it's a combination of directing and producing at all times. You're kind of, it's, it's a lot more of a human art form. And I, I think it's important to, I think my strength is really just getting to connect with people and getting to really um, understand people and, and build a trust and really try to do everybody's story justice while telling a larger story, you know? So um, yeah, no, I, I think it's, yeah. I hope that answered the question. I kind of was rounding it out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> well, were you hesitant to go right into another music documentary with Supervillain? I wasn't hesitant to go into another music documentary, and I actually don't consider this a music documentary at all. I was more so hesitant to touch Sakashi Six Nine um, in a creative project or or, or in, a, in any type of journalistic kind of capacity. And the reason is because he's such a toxic part of our culture, and I was just very concerned with being associated with this, but I, I actually turned down the project at first. And I think I eventually realized that, Hey, this is actually, this is an opportunity to really capture what's happening right now in our culture. We have pop culture figures, we have presidents, we have political figures, musicians, all these different type of 
celebrities, different forms of celebrities that are manufactured, that are created, they're complete created personas that shape their own reality and facts, right? And I think that seeing everything that was happening around me in the world, sorry, there's a car alarm going off, but seeing everything that happened in the world made me realize that this is actually a really important story to tell, you know, and, and, and that's kind of how it all came to be. So I wasn't hesitant to make another music documentary. I was hesitant to make another, make a Takashi project, but I, but it's actually not a Takashi project. It's a cultural film series. Did you notice that before you even started rolling film on this? Or was this not until you got a little bit into it that you found that that was going to be the voice of the film? No, yeah, this was, this was before I signed on. I mean, I remember meeting with, um, the uh, executives at Showtime who are incredible and amazing and such supporters of, of directors and filmmakers, but um, Vinny and Zoe, and I remember sitting with them as well as our partners at Imagine, Rolling Stone and Lightbox and just talking to everybody and saying, look, I, I love this project. If it, it can be the project that talks about where we're at, because no other film has really talked about this type of manufactured celebrity and how detrimental it can be to humans and culture. Right. And so that was what, um, and everyone was on board. So that, so before anything, any cameras run before I even signed onto the project, they were fully behind my, my vision for it, which was not, I never wanted to tell a straightforward Takashi story. I don't think that's worth anybody's time, you know? Um, so, yeah. Do you think that the uprising in the streets and just everything happening in America right now, that we're on a step forward? Or do you still think that we're on this, <laughs> I guess I guess downslope that we've been on for decades at this point. I think we're at a crossroads right now. I think, and that's why I think this project is so important. Is I think that we're at a crossroads where, you know, people are starting to realize, where people have the opportunity if they to realize that we live in this culture of manufactured celebrity, that we live in this world where things aren't as real as they seem. When people are spelling, where presidents can be spelling tweets wrong. And that's not an accident. That's a tactic online to get people to look at the message that needs to be looked at. You know what I mean? So I think that there is that we're at a, we're actually at a crossroads. And I think that's why it's important that people recognize this. You know, this is everything you see online and in the world. It could be completely made up fake and something that is manufactured to, to get attention and to, to become notorious. Well, do you see real change coming from anything happening in America right now? Are, are you, yeah, are, th- are you hopeful? Yeah, I'm, I'm a, I'm an optimist. You know, I think that, I think that people are starting to see a lot, you know, I think with the emergence of, of digital media and social platforms, you know, everybody has a voice now. Right. And so I think there's a lot more ideas circulating and I think there's a lot more progress that's happening. And I think, you know, I'm an optimist. I think, I think things, things can turn around and then things will turn around. So, that's how I see it. Well, given the nature of his character, did you feel like not having Takeshi 69 directly involved with the film made it a little bit easier for you to make in the long run? Um, yeah. Well, I mean, even if we were able to have him sit down for an interview, I wouldn't want it. You know, I think that this is, I think that it's the same, like the best question I always ask people, right, is if you were making the Donald Trump documentary, would you sit down and interview Donald Trump? Probably not, right? Because then the truth and the, the objectivity is gone, right? I think there's a lot of projects out there that are quote-unquote unauthorized, but they maintain an, uh, an objectivity to them. And I think as soon as... And, 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 it's not, and I think that, that that is important to me, right? I think giving an unbiased look at a human being 
and really psychoanalyzing them from all angles without that human being's interference is the way to do it. Because no, you know, he wouldn't have sat down most likely if he didn't have a say in what was ultimately the final product. And that's not something that I wanted or anyone on the team wanted. Can you take us through your process a little bit? When you first think of a project, what are your immediate things that you, that you need to run through? The, the first thing, it's, a, it's, a, it's actually pretty simple for me. It's, the, there's a, obviously, there's an extensive process I have in, in how I build out stories and styles and all those things. But in, the, the baseline thing that I always ask or think about and write out on my own is what is the project really about? Like, yes, this is a Takashi 69 story, but what is it really about, right? And I think if you can't answer what it's about beyond the subject, straightforward subject matter, then you should, probably shouldn't do that project because that, that project doesn't sound like it has a lot of depth. And I think then, I mean, that, that's what it is. Yeah, that's really it for me is, is saying, okay, cool. If I'm going to do this doc on this musician or this athlete or this cultural movement or whatever it is, like what, what is that? What is it really going to say about larger ideas? Because pop culture is a vessel to explore so much more about who we are. And that's how I see these types of projects. Making MGX creative, would you say that this elevated you as a filmmaker and made you a stronger filmmaker founding this this organization? Yeah, totally. I mean, we're doing um, a couple features right now um, and a bunch of different projects. And I, you know, I have a team of uh, 12 that I oversee and work with, um, on a bunch of different things. And, you know, I'm starting to really just build a team that I love to work with and, 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 um, doing so many different things. And at MGX, you know, we kind of do everything, right. We're a hybrid creative agency and production company. So we do everything from creative direction for, for major artists like Marshmello to, uh, you know, branded commercials for high profile brands. Right. So I think it's cool for me also to dip into my creative direction, um, kind of world and creative world and then come back and direct the series and juggle those two throughout the year. And it really helps me see a lot more things, right? Like if I'm working on a branded campaign or an artist release campaign, like that's going to give me ideas for my film stuff and vice versa. So it's, it helps me, you know, ideate. Have you found this time during the pandemic has been hard to essentially let yourself be free as, as a creative person, or has it actually just kind of been liberating because there has been challenges and you need to overcome these challenges. Yeah. I mean, it's been tough, you know, the pandemic, you know, it's, it's really, people always say, Oh, well you can edit on zoom or you can do all your meetings on zoom, but it's like, you know, we tried that for the first half of it and it really was super tough. It's like, you have to be in the room with your creative partners, really giving notes, having conversations, like going back and forth, debating, like, so I, I think, you know, it's been tough in that respect, but I think those things, um, you know, you learn, to, you learn to make them work, right? And I think, I think it, it, my process particularly is very, very human intensive, like documentary is human form. And I love to like be in the room with people. So it's been a bit of a challenge for that. Can you see yourself doing feature films at any point down the road? Um, are you talking about scripted films? Yeah, scripted films. Um, yeah, I, I think for sure. I think at some point I will um, transition over to doing or at least incorporate more scripted projects. But I, I really like the, the non-scripted world. I think there's a there's a really cool opportunity with uh, where we are right now um, as a society in terms of our fascination with documentaries. 
where people love documentaries, they're craving documentaries, but also it, that has allowed the medium to evolve. And I think, you know, you look at documentaries 20, 30 years ago, they were pretty straightforward. Now it's like, I mean, in this show, I made a 3D action figure, you know? So it's like, you can do such crazy left field things because the form is changing and shifting. So I love where the, where documentary is right now. I think at some point I will, I will transition over and incorporate more scripted stuff into what I work on. But right now I, I absolutely love the, the, the non-scripted space. Where do you feel like you get to express yourself the best in the producer role, the writer role, or is it just the director role? Oh, as a, as a director, for sure. You know, as a director, you're not, you're, it's your vision, right? I think when, when I produce and when I, well, mainly when I produce, I mean, my job is to support other people. Right. And I think on this project, particularly like Peter Scalatar is, was a showrunner and this is, you know, he's an incredible, incredible creative force. Right. And it's someone who is such a supportive producer and it's like, that's all you can ask for. And I think for me and, and the way I work, you know, when I do produce things, my job is to fall back and be the enabler for someone else's vision. But in terms of being able to control what I want to control and do the project the way I want to do it and see my vision through, there's no directing is absolutely that medium. Well, what can we expect from you coming up? Um, <laughs> a few things. Uh, there's a few things coming up. Yeah. I think uh, we'll just have to see, but there's a, there's a series later this year that'll, that'll be uh, announced soon. And then another, uh, another feature as well. So there's, there's quite a few things. Do you like working in television because it allows you essentially a longer runtime to really explore the subjects that you want to explore? Um, I like working in television because it's, uh, it's a lot more structured in the sense that there are, there's a lot more timeline. It's just, you know, projects don't bleed out for four or five years, at least. I mean, I've only really had this experience and a couple others, but it's a lot more structured in the sense that you can commit, you know, when your start and finishes on a project and it's run like a machine. Whereas a lot, a lot of times in the independent world, projects might bleed out for a couple of years, which is fine. It's just, you know, it's, you have less control over the timelines of things. It's, it's hard to see where we're going to go from here, but you, <laughs> a, a lot of your success has come from being a part of film festivals do you think mm -hmm. that festivals play a big role from here on in and where do you see that they go? Do you think it's going to become this mix of online and in person when the world opens back up or where do you see festivals going from here? Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's, that's tough. It really depends on, on how the world looks, you know, in a post COVID reality. Um, but I think, I think there's something about, there's something so beautiful and poetic about film festivals where you, you know, there's just a, it's a celebration of art and it's a celebration of conversation and it's a celebration of ideas and that'll always be there. And I think, you know, the film community is itching to get back out there and have conversations with people and talk about things. And, you know, it's not the same virtually, it's just not. And I think they'll come roaring back and, you know, assuming the world is safe to do so whenever that happens. Well, Carm, thank you so much for coming on here today. It really means a lot to me, and uh, I hope everybody checks out Supervillain. It's a really fantastic documentary, three-part series on Showtime. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you for listening.
Make sure to catch Karm Gill's new film, Supervillain, The Making of Takeshi 69, out already on Showtime. Also make sure to check out his other films, Ice Cold and G-Funk. And if you've never seen anything that he's directed for Marshmallow, I'm sure you have, but go check that stuff out as well. And this concludes our broadcast day.